Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Soberlink. The Soberlink system is designed to make parenting time safer with real-time remote alcohol monitoring. Soberlink uniquely combines a breathalyzer with wireless connectivity and is the only system that includes facial recognition, tamper detection, and advanced reporting. Parents can submit a test anytime, anywhere, and have test results delivered automatically to the concerned parties. Simplify co-parenting arrangements by using the system that provides transparency and proof of sobriety throughout the day. Join the thousands of parents who are already benefiting from Soberlink by visiting www.soberlink.com backslash family law. For a limited time, get an exclusive $50 off your device by emailing info at soberlink.com and mentioning Divorce and Beyond. Coming up on today's episode of the Divorce and Beyond podcast. Divorce is a monumental thing in a child's life, even in the best of circumstances. Um, In the most um, cooperative parents, it's still a major life shift that kids need to make sense of in order to move forward. Hello, and welcome to the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host. As a top divorce attorney and family law mediator for 30 years, I know what you need to know to get through your divorce, and most importantly, how to move beyond it to thrive and transition to your new future. My experts and I are here to give you the insider view into the process, so listen in for the wisdom and expert information you need on your journey through divorce and beyond. Hello and welcome to today's podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host, and today I am very honored to have a special guest with me. You've heard me reference her work in the past, but today she's here to actually talk to us. So today I have renowned documentary filmmaker Ellen Bruno with us. Ellen, thank you so much for being here today. I'm thrilled to be here, Susan. So it I mean it's honestly it's an honor your film Split which so many of my listeners have heard me reference um in the past has really made it made an impact on me as a divorce practitioner uh, to the extent that I recommend it now to all of my clients. I bought the license to the film so that I can show it to all of my clients, give it to them to show to their children. And we're going to talk about how it's a tool for families. Um, but you also have an exciting new project that sort of builds on Split, and, and we're going to talk about that as well. So let me just tell my my listeners a little bit about you, because most of my clients or I'm sorry, my guests are divorce professionals. We have financial professionals and divorce attorneys and coaches. You you have a completely different background from that. Uh, you are actually an award-winning documentary filmmaker. You're based in San Francisco. Lucky you, one of my favorite cities. And you have a background in international relief work. Your films have focused on issues at the forefront of human rights, including sex trafficking in Burma, political prisoners in Tibet, the social alienation of people with leprosy, and genocide in Cambodia. And and I hate to say it, but with that list of, of truly you know meaningful topics, it might have felt that divorce was was a little lighter fare for you when you got to talk to children about that. But you um 
you did your film Split, and how long ago did Split the film come out? Uh, it was in 2014. Okay, so it hasn't been that long, and and look at the impact that you've made in just six years on families. Um, but tell, can you tell me a little bit how you went from, uh, you know, around the world doing documentaries on you know sex trafficking and human rights to doing a documentary with children in divorce? Well, it seems like a stretch. Um, linking those two. Um, But really, I spent my career both first in relief work and then in documentary film looking at how people survived the circumstances of their situations, whether that's warfare, famine, uh, um, a disfiguring disease. And, you know, I've spent a lot of time thinking about how people make sense of the circumstances of their lives, you know, and how they hold those circumstances, many of which they have no control over, and move forward in life. What is it that keeps the spirit intact, you know? And when you're dealing with um, survivors of genocide, um, especially when I was a young person then, I, I really asked myself that question so many times, how could these people survive and make sense of this and move forward and feel that they can have a reasonable life? So that said, having um, my parents divorced when I was a child, and then also um, my children's dad and I separated when our kids were quite young, um, I saw both from the perspective of a child and the perspective of a parent that... um, Divorce is a monumental thing in a child's life, even in the best of circumstances. Um, In the most um, cooperative parents, it's still a major life shift that kids need to make sense of in order to move forward. And um, that was really the motivation for the film, especially when I separated from my kid's dad. I, I started realizing this is 30 years later, and yet there's still this taboo about talking about divorce. And Kids are still, it's a very complicated situation, even in the best of circumstances for children and, of course, for parents. And so I wanted to give voice to those kids, you know, knowing that um, certainly in the process of our divorce, you know, there was no place for the children to sort of speak their truth, you know, in the court system. And even within the family, there's a way, and I look around in my community, there's a way that children do a lot of caretaking of their parents. And so even though their parents may be asking the right questions, there's a way that it's a very complicated equation for children to be able to speak really truly and freely about what their feelings are around the separation and really what they need, because they're very often caretaking their parents. And so the parents don't always get the reality check they need in order to make really skillful choices as they move through their separation. So that was the motivation for making the film. Well, it's it's an incredible film because you spoke with children and you know, I, I've been in the field of divorce for 30 years. I've, I'm married to someone who had young children when he divorced and when I met him. And yet the voices of the children in your film speak truths that I had never heard before. And part of that is, I think I'm, I was always hearing things either through the filter of the adults I was speaking to, or I was filtering it as an adult when I was speaking to the children. And so there's something in the rawness of the film is just, you know, the face of a child speaking 
And their words just carry such power and truth. Um, and, and there's such an impact in that. I watched an entire room. People who listen to my podcast have heard me talk about the first time I saw your film. Uh, it was when Christina McGee was speaking at a conference and she showed 10 minutes of the film. And I'm talking about a room full of 100, I won't call us hardened divorce professionals, but people who have been through the experience. And we were, you know, you had people in tears. The film had people in tears. Um and since that time, I've seen the impact on, on parents and families. But it, it struck me, how did you, as an adult, connect with the children to get that truth out of them? Right. Oh, good question. Um, well, you know, we had, there were sort of um, ground rules uh, to the collaboration. And I really did see this as a collaboration with these 12 children. And of course, with their parents, because the parents had to agree to the process of me having a conversation with these kids apart from the parents. So one of the ground rules was we were, the kids would be apart from either parent. And, um, and I made it very clear from the start with the kids that I really saw this as a way for these kids to speak directly to other kids. Because there's this way that kids listen to other kids more than they listen oftentimes to any of the adults in their lives. And so um, it was sort of an experiment in that, you know, how powerful would these words be for other kids? But being apart from the obligations of the emotional equations of the parents and giving the power to the children by saying, here's a platform for you to really speak what's not only what's in your heart and what's in your minds, but really to, for you to advise other kids to encourage them forward and for you to say what you want to say to adults, you know, the other adults out there that are going through separations. And so, you know, people often say, how did you find these amazing articulate kids? Well, they're just 12 kids who were given the opportunity to speak their truth. And it was incredibly empowering for these 12 kids. And, and now, you know, six, seven years later, um, I, I speak to these kids and they, they reference the film as, a, in a way, a turning point in their lives, many of them, um, where they came into their own power and kind of um, uh, learned a skill in a way of, of speaking directly um, uh, about difficult things that are aligned with their truths. And so um, it, was, it was very gratifying in that way. And I think you can see in the film that these kids are... Um, not uh, retelling the story of one parent or another, which is often the case, uh, but they're straddling those stories and speaking their own story. And so it's an invitation to other kids to speak their truth and to speak up. Um, and it's an invitation to parents to really listen to kids. And of course, you know, parents, you know, their primary concern when they're separating is their children without a doubt. And Yet they are so uh, depleted oftentimes emotionally and psychologically in the process of divorce that they have um, limited resources to be able to really hear their kids' um, truth. And they may ask, how are you doing? Um, but they're probably going to get, I'm fine. And uh, that's really not the full truth, as we all know, uh, for these kids. And so there's something about... Um, the the degree of separation. The kids in Split are twelve fabulous kids from all walks of life, but they're not the kid. They're not your kids, so to speak. So it's 
there's enough distance to be able to listen to these kids without defensively shutting down because it's too painful. There's enough separation for parents to be able to listen to these 12 kids that they don't know and hear some of those truths, be open to what these kids are saying. And parents know that it's their own child's truth. You know, they recognize their own child's truth that hasn't yet been articulated. And so it's a very interesting thing that happens both with kids um, encouraging other kids, basically saying, look, I'm not sugarcoating this. I'm going to tell you the hard parts and I'm going to tell you the good parts that I didn't expect. And when a kid hears that, they feel like they're not being sold a bill of goods. They feel like they're getting it straight. And they also see that these kids are smiling and making jokes and getting on with their lives. And there are advantages that they never imagined. And there are hard things that they never imagined, but they feel like they're getting it straight. And that's deeply comforting for these kids. There's Kids have very active imaginations. And that was true when I was a kid, when my parents were separating, you know, they were taking the the 60s approach. Don't talk about it. Don't remind the kids. And everybody in our community would never talk about it. Well, the four of us were thinking about it morning, noon, and night. It was a radical change in our lives. Yet nobody was talking about it, feeling like that was the best thing to caretake the four of us. When in fact, that left our imaginations uh, to go wild. You know, when we just created the worst case scenario stories, I'm never going to see my father again. We're going to be poor. We're not going to be able to afford to, you know, whatever the situation is, children have very active imaginations. And so sometimes if they ask you a direct question, a direct answer, even though it may be hard to answer and it may be hard to hear, can be very comforting for those kids because it puts a kind of a boundary on the the, 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 the frightening imagination. It, it kind of contains it with a bit of reality. And so um, that's one thing that we very much hope happens as a result of this is that there's, there's more, you know, straightforward conversation between parents and kids, you know, as a way to comfort the kids and contain their fears. You know, it's, a, it's divorce is still one of the monsters under the beds of our kids. And you need to crawl under that bed and shine the flashlight and say, all right, it's dusty down here. There's some dirty socks. But you know what? There's not a monster under there. And you're (laughs) going to survive this. You're able as a filmmaker even to paint a picture with your words. I can see the dirty socks and dust under the bed. But, you know, that's it is a conversation starter. And that's why the film, I think, has its power. Um, and, I, you know, I, I think through it. And I actually, when I speak to clients now who have seen the film, I'm able to reference moments in the film when we're talking about their children. But to a, a number, I mean, every client that I've I've given access to the film has said to me that it did exactly what you're saying. It opened a dialogue because they were able to hear what the children in the film said and understand that some of that, maybe not all of it, but some of it was likely going on for their children, despite the I'm fine that they were getting from their children. And so it was a way for them to watch the film with their kids and then have the kids reference it to them as well. Just the same way I was saying, I reference it to them. Exactly. And, and I think, you know, that's, it's, that was that one of the intended purposes for the film for parents to be able to use it? Well, ironically, you know, um, I made this film really exclusively for the kids, which is why there's no adults in the film. There's no experts putting anything they say into context. It's just the kids speaking their truth. 
and you know the 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 mission really was to provide something that would comfort comfort kids and um encourage them to talk uh but right out of the gate um the professionals you know divorce professionals people in the court system immediately thought wow this this could be something that actually gets my clients to get it together and start making some agreements not just for the benefit of their kids but for their own for their own benefits you know who wants to be caught in you know this ongoing conflict and sure people are angry they're hurt they feel betrayed as, as you know there's so many huge emotions that parents are feeling but there's something about this film that just again reorients people's emotional experience to their kids and if that can be done at a very um strategic time um it can open a lot of doors for a a much better future and a much quicker resolution for parents and i i get emails and um comments on social media very often with um you know family lawyers saying i had an impossible case i thought would never settle i thought these two would never you know really get it together you know um and i assigned the film before a session and we came came up with an agreement i mean it, so the power of these kids voices and you know there are some universal truths um among these 12 kids and um one of them is that seeing their parents fight tears them apart and they wish more than anything for their parents to be able to go to a birthday party together go to a sixth grade graduation you know all of those life events you know and even if they're sitting in separate places on the auditorium it is so comforting for a child to not have to um you know mediate that uh tension between parents you know and be completely preoccupied in these life passages with how their parents are going to behave with each other right. you know and so um yeah well and uh, you know you say the universal truths that jump out of the film and there are a couple others that you know I have found so helpful another um another area that just always resonates with me there's the little boy who talks about with tears welling up in his eyes about his father left one day and just didn't come back you know when right. his father they separated households and it really goes to you know when i talk to my clients about having to discuss this with their children so this isn't all happening in a vacuum to them or how it's not just one conversation with your children it's an ongoing conversation and right. that particular scene in the film has uh been very productive for many of my clients who realize that they it's an everyday conversation and it's going to be a conversation in their children's lives for the rest of their children's lives you mentioned that your parents were divorced mm -hmm. and 30 years later it's something that impacts you so right. that was another area sure i mean you know we were the classic case of you know my parents didn't speak for 35 years after they separated with four children between them they never spoke ill of each other but you know it was you know it was a long road for us and and i think what's interesting is that when adults see the film whose parents got divorced when they were children they immediately go back to their childhood and have a very um profound experience and um and you know 
I have a friend who who showed it to his kids in their 30s, and he said we had a conversation that um, we've been meaning to have for you know 20 years. Um, things that were never spoken. So you know, it's not like divorce needs to destroy your life, but divorce is definitely a significant marker in your life. And, you know, that's another thing is that, you know, when um, kids, there are quite a few kids who have sort of two family households now in our country, and, and there are quite a few who don't. And there's something about um, a classroom of kids watching Split where it's a way to give a fuller understanding to kids' classmates, you know, about what their lives are like, you know, why they can't go to the birthday party on Saturday or why every other weekend they're out of town or, you know, why they can't afford to go ice skating on that day, you know. And so there's a lot of, you know, there are a lot of um, circumstances that kids are dealing with that their, their, their friends don't fully understand. And so it's a way to sort of develop empathy among children for, for other children who are experiencing divorce. I mean, my children said, and, and many of the children I speak to say that their best friends are kids whose parents are divorced because they get it. Right. And so there needs to be something that all kids are getting because it really is so much a part of our society right now. And so there needs to be this way to, we can help develop empathy among kids or their classmates and their friends. So that's sort of yet another way that it's, it's had an interesting life. Hello, Team Divorce and Beyond. It's Susan. I hope you're enjoying this interview with Ellen and hearing about the making of her documentary, Split. If you're a longtime listener, you know how important I think this film is, both for parents and children going through divorce. The film truly has changed lives, and I'm such an ardent supporter that I'm committing to help Ellen get the sequel out so that viewers can hear how the parents' divorces affected these children years later. So in the sequel, Ellen speaks with the same children from the original film, but five or six years down the road. And let me tell you, their continued story is even more powerful. So in order to support the sequel, I've started a GoFundMe to raise the needed funds to edit and produce the film. Please consider making a donation to the fund, and I ask you to please also share this episode far and wide. You can visit the link in the show notes to make a donation, and here's the exciting part. Every person who donates will receive a link to a special exclusive trailer for the sequel. So please consider making that donation. Go to the show notes and thank you so much. Stay tuned for more from Susan and her guest, award-winning filmmaker, Ellen Bruno, sharing more insights from her life-changing documentary film, Split. One of the girls in, in the, the sequel, she's speaking as now an 18-year-old, um, talked about the pie of her life. And she spent a lot of time in her childhood making sure that the pie of the time she spent with one parent or another was equal. And she became almost obsessed with this pie because she, she felt if it wasn't exactly equal, one parent would feel like she loved that parent more than the other and she, that was intolerable. If you are enjoying this episode, check out Heart Hacking, the science of healing a broken heart with best-selling author Amy Chan. We're still 
using the same programming as our, our ancestors. And back then, if you were rejected from the group or you were rejected from your partner, that could mean death. Literally, you could die, right? And so even now we are on Zoom and we live in high-rise apartments, we're still operating with the same machinery of our brain. And now we return to today's show. It's really incredible how many different ways and how many different avenues this film can be helpful to people. I had not thought of that particular avenue, but you're right. You know, what is it? 50% of first marriages Mm -hmm. end in divorce. Mm -hmm. Um, There's millions of children who are living in two family households these days. And, but then the other portion of the children are not. They're living in one family household. Mm-hmm. So that is a very interesting thought, you know, for for all of our children um, and for parents, because as you mentioned, it was originally made for children, but uh, I've seen personally how it can help parents. I just assigned it. You talked about assigning it. I assigned it as homework for one of my couples in mediation the other day because one of the parents was very set on introducing his children to a new significant other. And we were very early days in the process. Um, and I did, you know, I just asked them both, both separately to watch the film. And then we would come together and talk about it. And there is that scene in the film. Um, and it definitely helped resolve the issue. Um, and, you know, it's not something we ended up having to mediate uh, in the end. Mm-hmm. I think dad took the information from the film. Um, so that's just another, you know, there's so many of those occurrences in the film. Um, and and the, the other thing for children that I've noticed is that for for kids, you know, we're always talking to parents and I'm always in, in my, when I speak publicly, I'm talking to adults going through divorce and I'm telling them you're not alone. It feels alone. You mm-hmm. feel like you're the only person going through this. Mm-hmm. But for kids, you know, this movie really shows them that they are not alone because exactly. there's a, there are those continuous messages that come from the children in the film. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's, and that, and the comfort of that is enormous for a child. Yeah, and I don't think they can get it from their parents. Right. I don't know that they can get it from the adults in their life. No. Nope. And that's and so, why they, they choose yeah. friends. That's why they choose friends who do get it. You know, they, they choose friends who they don't need to explain all of the, you know, it's not just the emotional experience um, they're going through, but just the logistical experience. You know, I mean, I... Everybody's talking about leaving things here, there, you know, just the schedules, keeping track, you know, the change and yeah. Parents forget about handling those logistics. They think about it from that context of what's fair through the parental filter. Um, Christina McGee, who is one of your... one of your uh, advisors for the film uh, just did a holiday episode. It actually just came out today, the day you and I are mm-hmm. filming it. And we talk about the gift giving where a parent will give a gift to a child for an event, but then say it has to live in this house. Mm-hmm. And they put strings on the gift that they're giving the children. And then, you know, you hear echoes of that in the film and you realize the position that puts your children in of, you know, there are strings attached to their world and to their parents. And it brings you back to that caretaking as well that you referenced. 
I, one one of the girls in in the the sequel, she's speaking as now an eighteen year old, um, talked about the pie of her life, and she spent a lot of time in her childhood making sure that the pie of the time she spent with one parent or another was equal, and she became almost obsessed with this pie. Because she she felt if it wasn't exactly equal, one parent would feel like she loved that parent more than the other, and she, that was intolerable. And so, despite all of the difficulties that that meant, because her father was living quite a ways away, she she jumped through all the hoops to maintain the the equal pie for both parents in a way that was incredibly stressful for her as a child. And so. Um, and also, um, you know, one thing that the kids spoke about, you know, and as young adults or older teens, that again, and more universal truths was that, you know, the the more conflict there was between parents, the 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 more exhausted the child got in terms of, you know, managing the conflict, and. It was sad to see that in quite a few situations where there was high conflict, when the kids got old enough, they said, I'm exhausted by this. I'm just going to choose one side or another. And, you know, you spoke earlier about the absent father. Well, you know, one parent or another would sort of fall off the scene because they were exhausted by the conflict. You know, it was easier to just sort of abandon ship. And so, you know, there are ways that continued conflict manifests in not just the kids' lives years later, but also in the parents' lives, where parents become can quite easily become alienated from a child, um, and um, and then all the complications of new partners, as you were saying, and the um, the refusal for many parents to sort of give the green light that it's okay to like your mom's new partner, it's okay to like your dad's new partner, which is a huge relief for kids. Because these new partners are part of our kids' lives. And so, you know, the simplest thing a parent could do could also be the hardest thing a parent could do, which is say, it's okay. You know, just stuff the feelings they have about that new boyfriend or girlfriend, whoever it is, and say, it's okay for the kid's sake, because that person is going to be part of our kids' lives. Um, So there's the way um, that talking to the kids years later and having them look back um, with real awareness at their experiences growing up and to be able to look at all of the different types of experiences those 12 kids have lived through and how that resulted and where they are today at, at 18, 19, 20 years old is, is really quite um, quite profound. And it's uh, it, in a way can almost be much more instructional to us as parents and as professionals, um, to understand the very real consequences of the different choices that we make as parents. Um, and um, it becomes very clear through these 12 kids' testimonies that the parents who make the effort to have a blended family or even just be civil to each other um, it creates a a much more secure and um, less stressful um, situation for the kids. And it allows the kids to be able to believe in relationships more. Yeah, okay, well, you can be with this one person and then it doesn't work out and then you can be with somebody else. And, you know, 
that's okay. It doesn't need to, to end in an ongoing war for the rest of your lives. And so there's a way that the degree of conflict also very directly results in that child's ability to believe in relationships, you know, to believe that, you know, it's okay and it's safe to be able to engage in in a relationship with a boyfriend or a girlfriend uh, versus I never want to get married. You know, I, and and this is what these kids are talking about. And there's again, direct correlations between how the parents behaved and the choices the parents made and how these kids see their lives going forward and and the possibility for marriage or even just a serious committed relationship in their own lives. And so the the consequences are quite profound in terms of the choices we make as parents. And I think that's the, the, the real teaching in the sequel to Split is, okay, now we had kids speaking their truth or in their, they're in the midst of it. Now let's look at those 12 kids reflecting back on their lives and what they wish had had happened or what they're grateful had uh, happened in their lives and um, and understand again that these that the consequences are real. And so, you know, as parents, we need to understand that as, and as professionals, I think certainly it's, it, it puts an added responsibility in terms of encouraging um, better outcomes for these um, families and um, helping them um, avoid the landmines of continued conflict um, as they separate. And so it's a big, it's a big task, but it's, it's a huge one for the sake of our children's and for ourselves. Right. I Holding mean, on to anger to and resentment and these negative feelings are only poisoning us as parents. Um, and as hard as that is to understand when we're in the midst of it, when it feels very justified and when our communities encourage it, really. I mean, there's a way that we need to learn as a culture, too, how to do this better. You know, and I really appreciate the people that are working, uh, you know, on on that. Um, because, you know, certainly when I was separating, I all of my friends, you know, felt it was supportive to trash my kid's dad. Right. Um, you know, and uh, that's, not, that's not helpful. No, it's your <laughs> it kid's really dad. It really is not helpful in the long run. This is my children's father. You know, right. and um, I understand you're doing this with good intentions, and I understand that this is what our culture dictates. I'm not sure why, but let's learn how to do this um, in in a better way for everybody's sake. Right. Well, and and you're talking now um, about the sequel to Split, the film, which is something, as you know, I'm very excited about because you did go back. And talk to the children again years later. Now, this the sequel's not yet available. This is film that you've already um, been able to. You've had the interviews. The film mm-hmm. exists, uh, but the the film itself has not been released. Uh, but there's think of those lessons because I always tell people when I'm talking to my clients, when I'm when I'm speaking publicly, when I do anything, divorce is a finite period of time the actual process, but the ramifications will last throughout your children's lives. And that's exactly what you're talking about. But you were kind enough to share some of the film of the children's later, their adult, well, uh, teen and early young adult Mm -hmm. um, interviews and talk about profound. Yes. I mean, uh, you know, split the original is, is life-changing to, to take it to the next level is even beyond that because for parents, whether they're going through divorce, whether they are not going through divorce, but just want to understand what their arguments or their, what they're modeling for their children results in when their children mm-hmm. grow up, it's all there 
in those children's words in the sequel. Um, so I'm very excited for the sequel to come out. Now, you and I have talked about this, and um, I'm very excited to announce that we're starting a GoFundMe campaign for Split the Sequel because that's what's holding it up. We need some funding, right, to get it pulled together. Um, so with this episode, we are also launching the GoFundMe campaign, and I'll have all of that information in the show notes. But um, just tell us a little bit more about Split the Sequel, what people can expect, um, and what time frame we might be looking at if we can raise the money. Right. Well, um, all of these kids um, were enthusiastic about um, coming back and sharing their stories five, six years later. And so, like you say, it's the kids are between 18 and 22 with a great, a, a really... Um, really profound self-awareness about their experience and very clear ideas of what was difficult for them and what they they appreciated. And um, so it, it's it's a roadmap. It's a very, I think, a very important roadmap for, for parents and professionals to, to take real-life kids and just say, okay, here's 12 situations very different from you know, parents not speaking for the past six years to parents living together, not in a relationship, but sharing a house. And so there's the whole spectrum. And so to be able to, um, to be able to look at these various situations and see how um, that has impacted the kids and, and, and what, how it creates their sense of home, their sense of security, their ideas about marriage and relationships what they want to do with their lives, it's profound. It's almost, <laughs> this experience has marked them in, in a very deep way. And, and I don't necessarily want to say marked in all negative ways. And, and there were some very positive things, but they, they um, again, as they did when they were younger, they shared their very openly, you know, um, very, very intimate um, and, um deep feelings they're having and ideas they've had, you know, about their experience. And so um, we're really excited about it. Uh, we have all of the interviews in the can, so to speak, and we're just now beginning the editing. Um, so we're hoping in about six months time, the, the film will be ready. And we so much appreciate your support in terms of the GoFundMe campaign. Really, it's... Um, I can't, I can't even express our gratitude. And so we're very excited about that. And what's nice is we're working with a, a really fabulous support team, which many are legal professionals, mediators, mental health professionals, and parents who have been part of this split project for the past four, five, six years. And so we're feeling very held by people who care and that have the right intentions and that, um, are helping make this possible, you among them. So again, I, I can't express our gratitude. Well, I mean, I, my, I applaud you because this is truly a, it is something that it's so rarely something comes along that can actually change the face of a human experience. And Split, the original film does that. Split the sequel will take it even further because it is the, for parents and for children, it's sort of the peek through the window. I always say in family law, there's no crystal ball. This mm -hmm. is almost like a crystal ball. Mm -hmm. um, and, and you're right. You know, I think it's important for people to understand 
there's laughter and tears yeah. in both films. Mm-hmm. There's there's sadness and hope. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things to have hope for is that if you if you watch these movies, and and I hope that both are going to be available, you know, through through what we're doing here to people soon. You, you can build that roadmap, roadmap for your children to have that better future. And I love that you point out for you, the parents, to have that better exactly. future. Absolutely. So, Ellen, I, I'm absolutely thrilled to be supporting you. I Anything that I can do um, for my listeners, how can they find the original film? Um, you can go to our website, which is splitfilm.org. And uh, the film is there. Um, you can stream it, you can buy a DVD, and you can also um, get the workbook, which is a really fabulous um, um, book, which um, helps uh, parents and professionals um, talk to kids and talk to other parents about the process and using the film as as a, a tool. Yeah, you wrote that with Christina McGee, our That's parenting right. expert. Yes, mm-hmm. she's so wonderful. She's mm-hmm. been on the show several times. Um, and I will have, of course, links to that and to the GoFundMe uh, page. So we encourage you. I, I ask you all, my husband and I will be making the uh, inaugural donation today. Mm-hmm. And we believe very much in this project. To my fellow professionals out there, I urge you to go to, you know, to see the film. If you have not seen it yet, start using it and implementing it. And to my listeners, if you have children, whether you're getting divorced or not, please watch this film. So thank you, Ellen, for joining us today. Thank you for your work. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for your Susan, really. Thank you for joining me today on the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I hope you found some information and inspiration to help you on this journey. Please join me every Monday at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for a new episode. And if you like the show, please take the time to subscribe and leave me a five-star review on iTunes. You can also find more information on the website at divorceandbeyondpod.com where you'll find links to the YouTube channel, transcripts of the episodes, and other bonus content. So I'll see you next week to help you move through your divorce and beyond.